You can open your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 28. We're going to Matthew chapter 28, and I just want to start off by saying, my name is Kirk Graham. I'm the campus pastor here at the Apple Valley campus, and this weekend we are streaming to all nine locations. Come on, can we welcome all of the campuses watching on live stream and everybody watching online? Excited to continue this series called Kingdom Culture. This is a series that Pastor Robin Becca felt like our church should go through throughout this summer. It's a 10-week series talking about 10 qualities to move you from believer to a disciple, a believer to disciple. And I do want to say before I get going that Pastor Robin Becca, they, they couldn't be here this weekend because they are at the general council of the Assemblies of God in Orlando, Florida. And Pastor Rob sits on an executive team helping lead and oversee the th- over 13,000 Assemblies of God churches around the country. I don't know if they're watching right now, maybe they'll watch later, but can we thank Pastor Robin Becca for their leadership? that they want to be a part of something bigger than just where we're at here. And I love being a part of something bigger than just the part I play. I love being a part of this house. I love being on staff. I've been here for the last eight years. I was hired at 21 years old. Uh, and Pastor Rob said, we'd love to have you as a worship leader. And there was one time he said, you'll, you'll never be a campus pastor. And I was like, man, that's kind of negative. And then he said, we're going to go to Minneapolis and we're going to start a campus in Minneapolis and we need somebody that might look a little bit different, act a little bit different, have, and, and we're going to the city and we'd love for you to be a campus pastor. So it has been the privilege and the honor of my life, the adventure of a life. I almost got emotional, man. I, I got emotional problems. It has been the adventure of a lifetime to serve Pastor Robin Becca and to be at this church because God has done more in me and through me than I would have ever believed for myself. And maybe you can identify being at River Valley, you're starting to think bigger, to dream bigger, to, to just believe bigger. Pastor Rob leads with the gift of faith and I'm honored to serve under him and to serve at River Valley Church. I love this church. And um, we're going uh, to Matthew chapter 28. Like I said, we've had a topic each week the qualities of a disciple, and the weeks have been awesome. This week, we're talking about a disciple is evangelistically bold. A disciple of Jesus Christ is evangelistically bold. Let's go to Matthew 28. Verse 16 through 20 says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. This is after Jesus had died and rose again, and he was about to ascend back to the Father. The disciples, they went to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. Side note, we find these disciples on the mountaintop. Jesus took them higher. When Pastor Rob started this series, he said, I don't want to do this series to go deeper. I want to do this series to call our church higher. And I'm excited to go higher with Jesus and with this church. They were on the mountaintop and Jesus had directed them to be there. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. 
And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The disciples, they're getting that message. They're getting that mission. When you give your life to Jesus, you are signing up to be on mission with him. This this section of scripture is often called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. We are co-laborers with Christ on mission with Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful that Jesus would choose broken people like me and like you to be his A plan to reach the world? This is the Great Commission. They had had context a little bit before Jesus had died in Matthew chapter five about what they were created to do. You were created for a purpose different than all other creation. Humanity was created in the image of God for a purpose. And it is this, the great commission, Matthew chapter five. Here's the other piece of context that the disciples already had. 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Today, the title of this message, it's, it's around the subject of being evangelistically bold, but putting a title to just the next few moments. It's, it's called, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. It's called Light It Up. We got to light it up. Can we just pray one more time together? Jesus, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for what we get to be a part of at this church But River Valley Church is not just about getting more people to this church or to our campuses or to our building. We don't want to just get people into a church. Our mission is to get God into people. Help us get your spirit, your love, your compassion, your forgiveness, your salvation work into people. It is our mission and it is our honor. Thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. There's, the other day, I went into a coffee shop to order a drink, and um, maybe you've had an experience like this, but I go into a coffee shop, and I, and I, and I walk up to the counter, and uh, the person that was working said, what do you want? And I laughed because it's, I hadn't had an experience like that for a while. Have you ever had an experience like that where you go maybe to a restaurant or you go, and, and, and uh, as I was thinking about this, I, there was another interaction I had just the other day where the, the lady goes, what's up, dude? What are you getting? And I was like, man, this is the most informal, like, I don't know if your company wants you to represent them like this. Like, it's, you know, and I, again, I, I wasn't upset. I was just shocked. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty loose. It's pretty courageous to just kind of greet you like that. Have you ever had a bad experience, a bad customer service experience? They were wearing the right outfit. They had the right apron on. They might have had the right skills, but they, they misrepresented. The, have you ever had that before happen in your life? I'm not a huge Disney person, um, but we, we just, I'd never been to the Magic Kingdom. The, the Magic Kingdom, I've never been, so I, I know I'm 30 years old, missed, I, you know, my childhood was great, but we just never made it there. So, so I, had, I just was able to go to the Magic Kingdom, and we brought our four and a half year old daughter, 
and um, and I saw some of the workers, you know, walking in, and and the first thing I thought was that is a that is a rough outfit that they're making them wear in the Disney parks and resorts and it was just it had it was like knickers is that the right word it was like a weird and I was like man whew, this is this is a tough experience and uh I don't know and then all of a sudden everybody else who was working they were all wearing the same outfit the same costume and they had big old smiles on their faces and there's music playing everywhere you go Disney songs and these workers they're just working you know just whatever they they might be cleaning the parks they might be in a restaurant at the park and, and and they're like singing like this is the greatest thing they've ever done like like they're 35 singing let it go or or a, a magic carpet ride from Aladdin they're singing this is and and I thought for a second you know what the outfits aren't that bad. These people, I mean, these people drank the Kool-Aid and I when, I, when I saw them all together and they were representing Disney the right way, I was like, I might as well get a glass too. Let's do this thing. I love Disney World. But there's experiences where a person can misrepresent an organization or a company or a person by the way that they act. There's other experiences that you get, you walk into and you go, this is what I want. I'm in, I'm sold. I, I want this with my whole heart. And I feel like evangelism, when we talk about sharing our faith, sometimes it has got a bad rap. It's, got a, it's been misrepresented. And today I'm talking about lighting it up. There's something about our community. There's something about the love that we have. There's something about the story of our lives and what God has done in our life that, that when we represent it the right way, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the people that are looking on that need Jesus, they, go, they don't go, this is a rough experience. They go, I want in on that. And we need to be a church that is representing Jesus Christ. We are his ambassadors. Is there anybody here where you want to represent Jesus Christ the right way? Is there anybody here you want to light it up? You are a light. You're not the B plan. Jesus said, go and make disciples, and he dipped. He started floating away. This is crazy, and yet, over 2,000 years later, the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. People are giving their lives to Jesus in this church and at every campus every single week. Jesus Christ is still in the business of saving lives, and he's doing it through his disciples who are lighting it up. And so three things as we continue. Three things to help you light it up. This is not for pastors and missionaries. It's not just for, for some type of religious elite. That Jesus leveled that playing field and said, you're all on mission. You're all the same. We were all in need of a savior and he redeemed us. And now you're all on mission. And so it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been living for Jesus. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter if you've been to Bible school or not. It doesn't matter if last week you made the decision or decades ago, we are all on the same page, on the same mission to reach people for Jesus. Believers believe. Disciples make disciples. That's what we're talking about. Three things to help us light it up. We need to have a genuine care for the souls of people. Not just, talking about, not just talking about love, not just talking about 
meeting a need, although that's, that's a huge part of it. But when we're talking about evangelism and sharing our faith, we have to care about the eternal destination of people. The reason this is a thing is not just so that we would stay busy. It's because heaven and hell are real places. And there is only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. These are real destinations. And I feel like our culture today, there's, there's different environments that I've been in, that I've read about, that I've seen, where we lack a genuine care for people. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, it has to go beyond the felt needs. We love the felt needs. We want to take care of the felt needs. But it has to go beyond to the care for a person's soul, the eternal part of them. And we get to light it up by giving care. We start by loving each other here in the church. John chapter 13, 34, 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Jesus came and he died to pay for our sins so that we would have a way into heaven in eternity. He cared about our soul. You're also to love one another. By, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the way we love each other will be a light to the world. The way that we build community. This is why teams, serving on life teams matters. This is why being in life groups matters. This is why church attendance, I know sometimes it's like, well, I'm, I'm just gonna skip, the, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm a little tired. This is why it matters. Because the way that we love each other, the way that we build community begins to be a light in our workplaces. You start to have stories of conversations and testimonies and things that are happening that God's doing because of the community of Jesus Christ that you're a part of. We need to care for one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. Second part is, is, is not just loving each other here in the church, but loving people that are far from God. We gotta love people that are far from God. And I think the apostle Paul was one of the best at loving people who are far from God. First Corinthians chapter nine, 19 through 23 says, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, this is Paul talking, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. I've become a servant to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life, but I kept my bearings in Christ. I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be in on it. As disciples, we don't want to just be light where it's the brightest. We want to go out and be light in the dark. That's what we're called and created to do. We don't become professional Christians that just come to all of our programs and come to our services so that we can be the brightest where it's the lightest, but we, we are called to come together in community so that we can then go out in strength to be light in the dark. Jesus, one of his titles, one of his names was friend of sinners. Friend of sinners. There's, there's, there's a, a part of the church at times where it feels like, Am I allowed? 
am I allowed to be a, a friend of sinners? When I give my life to Jesus, do I have to, do I have to cut all of that? There, there's a certain level, if you are in bondage, if you are in sin, if you are in addiction, that you need to get freedom. You need to get healing. You're, you need to be sanctified and made new. And you need to start living right and get around community. But you are then to go back into the world to be a light. You are on mission for Jesus Christ. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Zacchaeus, if you've been around church for any length of time, you know the story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. You know it if you grew up in church. If, if you don't, you're probably better off to not know that song. But the story's great. The story of Zacchaeus is that Jesus was coming to town. And he was, uh, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, which would have been a traitor to the Jewish people. A traitor, an enemy, a sinner, a thief. And Jesus is coming to town. And Zacchaeus, he, he's heard about Jesus and he wants to see him. And I think that that's, that's a good point right there. That if we are disciples of Christ, the world is not running from us. They want to see what's happening. They want to see what it's all about. It's attractive. And Zacchaeus, it says he was short in stature. So he was a small man. He had to climb a tree just to see over the crowds of people in Jesus. And Jesus comes to Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house. Jesus invites himself over to the chief tax collector, this chief sinner. And Zacchaeus, his whole life is changed. And, and Jesus says, salvation has come to this house today. Could it be said of you that you are a friend of sinners. We don't just love our Christian clubs, but Christian community is powerful and it's palpable. It's, it's amazing. It's dense. It's a light to the world. But are you a friend of sinners as well? First one in helping you light it up is to care for people's souls both here in the church, taking care of people, not just the felt need, but the soul of people. And the people that are far from God, we need to be stirred up. It was Pastor Tommy Barnett, an old, old-time pastor. He's still living. But he wrote, the church, we've, we've got into our systems and we've got into all of our ministries. And his church was known for having, I mean, like 300 ministries. But he said, we need to be known for soul winning. Soul winning. Soul winning. We're, we're trying to reach people for Jesus. This is our, and, and, and by the way, just some insight. This is why River Valley, Pastor Rob has, has helped build and steer this church and, and set up missions in a way that we're, we're, not just, we're not just trying to make ourselves more comfortable, but we're trying to reach people that have never heard the name of Jesus. It's why we're sending a global team every single week. It's why we're trying to raise up 500 missionaries to go long-term into the field all around the world because we, we're, we're eternally focused. It's our mindset. There's a, a missionary uh, that just shared at our all staff. She's one of our 500 and she, she went, went to Egypt, excuse me. She went to Egypt and she started to share to some Egyptian people the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And there was somebody who gave their life to Jesus. And you know what they did? The first thing they did, they said, if you came from America to Egypt and, and to help me find Jesus and make him my Lord and Savior, I guess I'm going to China. And that Egyptian moved to China and is now, right now, reaching Chinese people for Jesus. Can we give God a shout of praise? This is our mission. We got to light it up. 
The second thing to help us, help us, because again, I think evangelism's got a bad rap. You think of the guy that's standing on the corner saying you're all going to hell. Evangelism, there's, there's churches that think evangelism is picketing other churches. That's not what we're about, and it's not evangelism. The second thing to help us light it up is to share your story of God. To share your story of God. You have a testimony. God has done something in your life. You've gone from death to life. You weren't just bad, and then he made you a little bit better, but you were dead and he made you alive. Jesus Christ has changed your life. And more than you'll ever know, Psalm 71, 15 says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts and of your deeds of salvation all day. For their number, your righteous acts, the number is past my knowledge. God has saved you from more than you know. He is actively doing in your life more than you know. He's protected you more than you know, but you do know some of it, and we gotta start talking about it. It's not just sharing your testimony of salvation, but share that. It's everything that happens in your life. All good things come from the Father of the heavenly lights. We believe it. Good things come from our Father, and the Church of Jesus Christ, disciples, evangelism is sharing your story of God. Here's some theology around the testimony. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, they built the tabernacle of Moses, and God had directed, when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, God was directing Moses how to build the tabernacle and what to build, and they built the Ark of the Covenant. If you've been in church for a while, you've heard that. They built this box, this Ark of the Covenant, and within that, they put the Ten Commandments, known as the Testimony. They put the Testimony in the Ark of the Covenant. It also, the name, it was so powerful that they called it also the Ark of the Testimony. They put that box, God directed them to put it in the most holy place in the tabernacle. The, 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 the most exclusive room, only the high priest, one day the entire year could go into that room, into the presence of God, after an extreme cleansing and getting, getting right before God. Otherwise, they would, tie, they would tie a rope to that priest because if he didn't do all the procedure right, he would die in that room. They'd have to drag him out. In that room was the presence of God. In that ark of the testimony was the presence of God. When Jesus came, the Bible says that the veil tore from top to bottom. The veil that set, separated the holy place from the most holy place. There was a veil. Some, some scholars say it was two feet thick. And it tore the day Jesus died on the cross. It tore, it ripped from top to bottom, which symbolized the presence of God is no longer in the ark of the testimony or in the holy of holies, but it's in the hearts of humanity. And it's in your testimony. We need to get passionate again about talking about what God is doing in our life. Because when you share it with your coworkers, your neighbors, your family members, anybody, when you start talking, hey, guess what? I, I got this job. The Lord provided this for me. Hey, guess what? I was sick. God healed my body. He, 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 a miraculous thing happened. Hey, check this out. God did this in my life. By the way, if you got air in your lungs, it's because God has given air in your lungs. We need to start talking talking about our testimony, what God's doing in our life, because no matter who you're sitting across from sharing that, they are hit not just with your words, but they're hit with the presence of God. The presence of God still resides, not just in a box, but in the ark of your testimony. 
Let's start sharing what God's doing in our life. And they could be an atheist. Separate note, it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. It takes a lot of faith to have no faith. But it could be somebody that is an atheist and they are hit with the presence of God when you share your story of God. We're trying to light it up. The third thing to help you in lighting it up is to share the story of God. Eventually, there's going to be moments where you have to actually share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There's an example in Acts chapter 4 that is absolutely incredible. This is after Jesus had gone and the church of Jesus Christ was now beginning. And they, uh, before, before Jesus said go, he said wait. And so the disciples, they waited until the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to evangelize? You want to light it up? You want to accomplish what God created you to accomplish? You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. But Peter and John, they're, they're on their way to uh, the temple. And they're going to preach Jesus Christ. And, and on their way, they, they trip over this guy who's lame. And, and he's begging for money. And, and Peter's response, he said, maybe, you, maybe you've heard this before. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And this man is healed. Because of that, he, they were then arrested by the same people that murdered Jesus. And they were being interrogated by those same people. Pretty scary moment. They had just healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Now they are in front of the people that had just killed Jesus. Not so long ago. And they're just pressing and interrogating, saying, you need to stop preaching the name of Jesus. And this is Peter's response. He has an amazing response. You can read Acts chapter 4. But in 13, after he responded, he's saying, there is no other name by which you can be saved. This is the religious leader's response, the ones who killed Jesus. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, and were, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I wonder if you feel like, maybe, maybe you don't have the right education, or you don't, you don't have the right upbringing, or you haven't always done the right thing. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God will give you a boldness to share your faith, and to stand in front of an enemy, and to still be able to stand strong, to stand on the word of God, to proclaim the faith of Jesus Christ, the gospel message. Gospel means the good news. It is good news. It's beyond good. It is amazing news. It is miraculous news. And news isn't meant to keep quiet. News is meant to share. It is not natural to get good news and say, I'm gonna keep this myself forever. It is natural to have the greatest news of all time and be, have this urging to share it, this groaning to share it. You might not feel like you have the right upbringing and the right knowledge, but they were astonished at the boldness and they could tell that they've been with Jesus. When you walk with Jesus, when you're in his word, when you're proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it can change lives. We need to love people. We need to care about their souls. Beyond that, beyond that, we need to share our testimony. Beyond that, we gotta share the actual good news of Jesus Christ, that God created the heavens and the earth. He said it was good. He created it perfect. But our sin, our sin is what cracked that. Our sin is what broke that. When you see bad things that are happening in this world, it's not God punishing the world. It's us punishing each other. 
because of our sin. But God's a good God. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, from heaven to earth. He's the only one who ever lived a perfect life. He walked perfectly to the cross and he died. The Bible says that what we earn because of our sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus died that death for you and for me. When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. This is the gospel message. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will give you boldness. And so the questions that you can ask yourself today is, do I have a genuine care for the souls of people? Do I care about where they go after we leave this earth? Those are real places. Eternity is a real thing. The Bible says this life is a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. I'm running out of time. But I was at an altar last night crying. Because I remember being a kid giving my life to Jesus. And being at a camp with my dad and there was a fire inside of me. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and there was a fire inside of me. And it was the greatest feeling of all time. And I was at an altar last night and the atmosphere and, and the room, something was poking that and it reminded me it's still in there. And I forgot about it. How did I forget about it? I care about people. I love people. I'm a good person. But that's not our mission just to be a good person. And God put within me a fire and he's stoking it again. And it bothered me that I've ignored it and that I've suppressed it. And I don't want to live just in comfort. I don't want to live just because everybody else is living that way. I want to live the great commission to do what Jesus Christ created me to do. And we should all have that passion. He put At the day of salvation, there was a spark inside of you. And it was a fire that he ignited inside of you. And he will give you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the boldness to reach lost people for Jesus. You are called to be a light, a city on a hill. Jesus didn't just say, I'm the light, guys. Just keep pointing to me. We will point to Jesus. But he said, you are a light. You are a light. It's because God himself has made his home in you. He lives inside of you. Let's start talking about it. Let's start asking our neighbors what we can do for them. And through that, share the story of God. Share our story of God. Ask them what they need, the felt needs, but then ask them about their soul. Let's get back to soul winning. Believers believe. Disciples make disciples. Let's reach lost people. I love that it's about a light because a light can't do anything but spread. Light can't do anything but spread unless you put an obstacle in front of it. And what hit me last night was I wonder if I've been the obstacle of the light that God put inside of me. And I do not want to be that obstacle. I'd love to pray for us. And there's going to be an opportunity here and at every campus for people to give their life to Jesus. If you're listening, listening to this, today's your day. Today's your day to make that decision. You will never be the same. Let's light it up together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us, for putting that flame inside of us, for using broken people like us to be on mission with you. Give us the boldness, the courage, 
to care, genuinely care about the eternities of people. To share our stories of what you've done in our life. And to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.